Chapter Thirty Three of the Precipice. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Precipice by Elia Wilkinson Peaty. Chapter Thirty Three. Two dragons shedding fire had paused midway of the desert. One was the Overland Express racing from Los Angeles to Kansas City. Its fellow was headed for the west. Both had halted for fuel and water and the refreshment of passengers. The dusk was gathering over the illimitable sandy plain, and the sun, setting behind wind-blown buttes, wore a sinister glow. By its fantastic light, the men and women from the trains paced back and forth on the wide platform, or visited the luxurious eating-house, where palms and dripping water, roses and inviting food, bade them forget that they were on the desert. Kate and Honora had dined, and were walking back and forth in the deep amber light. "'Such a world to live in!' cried Kate admiringly, pressing Honora's arm to her side. "'Do you know, of all the places that I might have imagined as desirable for residence, I believe I like our old earth the best.' She was in an inconsequential mood, and Honora indulged her with smiling silence. "'I couldn't have thought of a finer desert than this if I had tried,' she went on gaily. "'And this wicked saffron glow is precisely the color to throw on it. What a mistake it would have been if some supernatural electrician had dropped a green or a blue spotlight on the scene. Now, just hear that fountain dripping.' and that ground wind whispering who wouldn't live in the arid lands it's all as it should be so are you too aren't you honora you've forgiven me too i know you have and you're getting stronger every day and making ready for happiness aren't you she leaned forward to look in her companion's face oh yes kate said honora it really is as it should be with me I'm looking forward now to what is to come. To begin with, there are the children, shining like little stars at the end of my journey. And there's the necessity of working for them. I'm glad of that. I'm glad I have to work for them. Perhaps I shall be offered a place at the University of Wisconsin. I think I should be, if I gave any indication that I had such a desire. The President and I are old friends. Oh, yes, indeed, I'm very thankful that I'm able to look forward again with something like expectancy. The words died on her lips. She was arrested as if an angry god had halted her. Kate, startled, looked up. Before them, marble-faced and hideously abashed, yet beautiful with an insistent beauty, stood Mary Morrison, like Honora, static with pain. It seemed as if it must be a part of that fantastic, dreamlike scene. So many visions were born of the desert that this, not unreasonably, might be one. But no, these two women who had played their parts in an appalling drama were moving involuntarily, as it seemed, nearer to each other. For a second, Kate thought of dragging Honora away till it came to her by some swift message of the spirit that Honora did not wish to avoid this encounter. Perhaps it seemed to her like a fulfillment, the last strain of a wild and dissonant symphony. 
it was the part of greater kindness to drop her arm and stand apart shall we speak mary said honora at length or shall we pass on in silence it isn't for me to say waved the other anyway it's too late for words to matter yes agreed honora quite too late they continued to stare at each other so like yet so unlike it was honora's face which was ravaged though mary had sinned the sin true pallor and pain were visible in mary's face even in the disguising light of that strange hour and place but back of it kate perceived her indestructible frivolity she surmised how rapidly the scenes of mary's drama would succeed each other how remorse would yield to regret regret to diminishing grief grief to hope hope to fresh adventures with life here in all verity was the eternal feminine fugitive provocative unspiritualized and shrinking the one quality fecundity which could have justified it but honora was speaking and her low tones charged with a moral grief were audible above the tramping of many feet the throbbing of the engines and the talking and the laughter if you had stayed to die with him she was saying i could have forgiven you everything because i should have known then that you loved him as he hungered to be loved he wouldn't let me mary wailed honestly honora wouldn't let you the scorn whipped mary's face scarlet nobody wants to die honora pleaded the other you wouldn't yourself when it came to it a child might have spoken so the puerility of the words caused honora to check her speech she looked with a merciless scrutiny at that face in which the dimples would come and go even at such a moment as this the long lashes curled on the cheeks with unconscious coquetry the eyes that had looked on horrors held an intrinsic brilliance the earth itself with its perpetual renewals was not more essentially expectant than this woman honora's amazement at her cousin's hedonism gave way to contempt for it oh she groaned to have had the power to destroy a great man and to have no knowledge of what you've done to have lived through all that you have and to have got no soul after all she had stepped back as if to measure the luscious opulence of mary's form with an eye of passionate depreciation stop her miss barrington cried mary seizing kate's arm there's no use in all this and people will overhear can't you take her away she might have gazed at the medusa's head as she gazed at honora's come said kate to honora as miss morrison says there's no use in all this if david and i did wrong it was quite as much honora's fault as mine really it was urged blue-eyed mary her childish voice choking kate shook her hand off and looked at her from a height don't dare to discuss that she warned don't dare 
she threw her arm around honora do come she pleaded all this will make you worse again i don't wish you ill continued honora seeming not to hear and still addressing herself to mary i know you will live on in luxury somehow or other and that good men will fetch and carry for you you exude an essence which they can no more resist than a bee can honey i don't blame you that's what you were born for but don't think that makes a woman of you you never can be a woman women have souls they suffer they love and work and forget themselves they know how to go down to the gates of death you don't know how to do any of those things now do you she had grown terrible and her questions had the effect of being spoken by some demonic thing within her something that made of her mouth a medium as the priestesses did of the mouths of the ancient oracles miss barrington shuddered mary i'm trying to hold on to myself but i don't think i can do it much longer something is hammering at my throat i feel as if i were being strangled she was choking in the grasp of hysteria kate drew honora away with a determined violence she'll be screaming horribly in a minute she said you don't want to hear that do you honora gave one last look at the miserable girl of course you know she said throwing into her words an intensity which burned like acid that he did not die for you mary he died to save his soul alive he died to find himself and me just that much i have to have you know at that kate forced her to go into the pullman and seated her by the window where the rising wind bringing its tale of eternal solitude eternal barrenness could fan her cheek a gentleman who had been pacing the platform alone approached mary and seemed to offer her assistance with anxious solicitude she drooped upon his arm and as she passed beneath the window the odor of her perfumes stole to honora's nostrils how dare she walk beneath my window honora demanded of kate isn't she afraid i may kill her no i don't think she is honora why should she suspect anything ignoble of you silence fell a dull golden star blossomed in the west all aboard all aboard called the conductors the people began straggling toward their trains laughing their farewells hope i'll meet you again some time east or west home's the best you're sure you're not going on my train me for god's country you'll find nothing but fleas and flubdub on the coast you'll be back again next year just the same everybody comes back all aboard all aboard god willing said honora i shall never see her again suddenly she ceased to be primitive and became a civilized woman with a trained conscience and artificial solicitude how do you suppose she's going to live kate she had no money will david have made any arrangement for her oughtn't i to see to that you are neither to kill nor pension her said kate angrily 
keep still honora the fiery worms became active and threshed their way across the fast chilling and silent plain on the eastbound one two women sat in heavy reverie on the westbound one a group of solicitous ladies and gentlemen gathered about a golden-haired daughter of california offering her sal volatile claret brandy and water she chose the claret and sipped it tremblingly its deep hue answered the glow in the great ruby in her ring by a chance her eye caught it and she turned the jewel toward her palm a superb stone commented one of the kindly group you purchased it abroad the inquiry was meant to distract her thoughts it did not quite succeed she put the wine from her and covered her face with her hands for suddenly she was assailed by a memory of the burning kisses with which that gem had been placed upon her finger by lips now many fathoms beneath the surface of the sun-warmed world End of chapter 33